Welcome to I Am 73 on Sower Radio. This is Joseph Borba coming to you straight out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the Sunshine State, home of the pro family, pro life, pro freedom, Ron DeSantis. Let's lift our hearts and minds in prayer to Jesus Christ in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thanks and praise. Glory, honor, and obedience to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We accept you, Lord, as our King, our Lord, our Savior. We place no one, Lord, no one, and nothing above you. You are our King. Lord, we're praying for all those who have consecrated their lives to you as your 73rd disciple. Yes, Lord, they've made that choice. And once they make the choice, their spiritual enemy, the fool, is going to come after them. Just like 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, Be alert. Be vigilant. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour Dunamis to your disciples, Lord. Give them the awareness, as Ignatius says, the awareness to know what are the thoughts coming into their minds? What's the purpose of those thoughts? Where are those thoughts coming from? When they come from you, Lord, we accept them. When they don't come from you, Lord, we rebuke them. That's what we're asking today for your disciples and those who are considering being your 73rd disciple. Lord Jesus, we're praying for an end to abortion. May anyone seeking an abortion today, through this prayer, our prayers, and your dunamis, change their minds and let their child live. Lord, we're praying for an end to the war in Ukraine and an end to all wars. Praying for the Uyghurs, Lord, our imprisoned Muslim brothers and sisters who are enslaved in China. May government leaders around the world have the courage to condemn this act of genocide. Lord, we're always praying for our families, especially those family members who are away from you, who are not serving you as Lord and Savior. Their king has become things of the world. Money, possessions, things like that. We know that life, Lord. Been there, done that. Got saved by your blood and your spirit through faith. And we're asking for the same patience, Lord, that you showed us and all the other disciples. Show that to our family members, Lord. We're praying for them deeply. We're also praying for those who are in hospitals, suffering emotionally from panic attacks, depression. Have mercy on those people, Lord, through the power of your abundant love. Lord, we're always praying for the poor, the pobre. May your revelation in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 2, that says, there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Let that word come true today, right now, Lord. We need the secrets exposed. 
expose the secrets of corrupt leaders and politicians who are stealing from the poor, Lord, because of their greed. You said we're always going to have the poor with us. It's because we're always going to have the greedy with us. Expose the greedy, Lord, in your mighty word, in your mighty name, in your dunamis, Lord. We ask this all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a Bible question for you about St. Paul. St. Paul is the anointed, chosen apostle to the Gentiles, chosen by Jesus Christ personally, knocked him off his mule on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. And he wrote letters after his conversion, letters to the Romans, the Corinthians, the Galatians. And the amazing thing about St. Paul his anointing, is that he wasn't writing scripture. He was just writing instructions. He was writing how to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the anointing of this apostle was so powerful, his letters became sacred scripture. Yes, his letters became the word of God. How anointed do you have to be to write a letter? And then it becomes part of the Bible, God's holy word. So the question about St. Paul is this. What did he do for a living? What was his trade? And we find that in Acts of the Apostles. It's going to be chapter 18. It's going to be verses 1 through 3. After this, he left Athens. He is Paul. And went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. He went to visit them, and because he practiced the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Working was an important part of Paul's ministry. It was an important part of his life. It's an important and dignified part of being a Christian, having a job, working, not being idle. It was so important that he mentioned this to the Thessalonians. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul says this, nor did we eat food received free from anyone. On the contrary, in toil and drudgery, night and day, we worked so as not to burden any of you. Not that we do not have the right. Rather, we wanted to present ourselves as a model for you so that you might imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, We instructed you that if anyone was unwilling to work, neither should that one eat. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That is powerful. He did not want the Christians to be idle. There was a a time when they expected Jesus to return immediately. 
And so there were some Christians just waiting around, not working. And they were just being idle and just living off everybody else. And Paul condemned that. He he did not know when Jesus Christ was coming back. No one does. So if you ever heard that, every once in a while we hear these people saying, oh, I know the date Jesus Christ is coming back. That is a false prophet. Ignore that fool. That's a false prophet. The word of God said no one knows. Only the Father knows when Jesus is coming back in his glory. So Paul said, while we're waiting... Let's work. Let's live the gospel, preach the gospel. Let's evangelize and work. That's a Christian part. Work is a, a huge part of the Christian values. So last work week we saw, we were reading the gospel of John chapter 1, and we saw that it said, a man named John came from God. He came for testimony. That is John the Baptist. We want to continue with John the Baptist preaching because the important and the interesting thing about the Baptist is that he never performed one miracle. No, you cannot find any miracles from John the Baptist in the Bible. But the wealthiest and the most powerful people in Jerusalem were making the trip out to the Jordan River, out to the desert, to be baptized by him. So there was a power to this person. There was a power to him in his humility, the way he dressed and ate. There's a power in his proclamation of Jesus Christ. Let's read that. We're going to read the Gospel of Matthew. It's going to be chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8 about John the Baptist. Verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all of Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance, good fruit as evidence of your repentance. That's the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 1, it's actually verse 2, he says this, this, repent 
for the kingdom of God is at hand. That word repent is a word that all sowers and all El Sembrador faithful and now I am 73 disciples would know. The word translated as repentance in Greek is metanoia. Metanoia is much deeper than just repentance. It's more than saying, I'm sorry. It's a visible, a visible repentance. Our hearts and minds are changed. It means people can see what's happening in our lives. It's, it's like this. Metanoia is like, remember when you fell in love for the first time? Do you remember that? When you fell in love, literally, deeply in love with someone. Didn't your priorities change? Didn't your life change? Weren't you so focused on that person now and not so much on all the other things that occupied our time, our effort, everything we spent our money on is now focused on that person we love. It's the same thing that happens when we fall in love with Jesus Christ. Metanoia is the beginning of our falling in love with Jesus. And our love for Jesus becomes visible to our friends, our families, and our colleagues. Yes, our love for Jesus is visible. People notice things. Okay, so it's like this. They knew we had a foul mouth. They knew we were dropping F-bombs like in every sentence. But what they really notice now is that instead of dropping F-bombs, they're hearing words coming out of our mouths that they've never heard before. Words like, Jesus loves you. Have a blessed and spirit-filled day. Or, I'm praying for you. And they are shocked. Yeah. When there's a true metanoia, your family, your friends are going to be shocked. And believe this is a testimony. Some will leave you. The ones that are still in that party, party, party mode, the ones who are still in the world will not be able to accept the change in your life and they will no longer be friends. They will leave you. And the thing that's interesting about this is when they, they see this change in you, they're shocked because they can see you're sincere. They can see you're not faking it. And that you mean every single word. And this blows their mind because this is such a big change. You see, people notice when we worship on Sunday instead of sleeping in all day. People notice that we were once short-tempered. Our anger is now replaced by self-control and patience. Dude, you've never been patient. What's going on here? And, and you just say, it's dunamis, no Lord. It's dunamis. It's not me. It's the power of the Lord. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He anointed me with his power. I have power over things I've never had before. People notice our happiness. They notice we're smiling more. There's a peace and joy in our step in our lives that was not there before. That's metanoia that is translated repentance. Yes, so it's much deeper, right? 
Repentance must be visible. When you fall in love with Jesus, people got to know. People got to know about this. And that's when it's authentic. That's when it's real. That's when it's going to last. You're going to get hit. You're going to get attacked. You're going to get criticized. But don't back up. No, don't back up. You made the right choice. You chose love. You chose life. You chose to have your written name written in heaven. You chose Jesus Christ. There is another really, really important. We got to take a break. Hold on one second. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Esna Radio, The Sower, leading souls to Christ. Hi, my name is Jesse Valentino Ramirez. I'm from Fontana, California. I'm thankful that Esna is bringing this event to the youth, to anybody interested. And this really changed my perception on religion and just the way I look at, at Jesus Christ and God. If you would like to contribute to our mission, bring more souls to Christ, become a sower by giving us a call to 818-745-1771. Want to find Catholic content on social media? Go to Facebook and get connected to our Soar Ministry. Soar Azusa at Soar Ministry. Soar Santa Clarita at Soar Santa Clarita. And Soar Los Angeles at Soar LA. Don't forget to give us a like and to share with your friends and family. Welcome back to Soar Radio. This is Joseph Borba. Coming to you straight out of Fort Lauderdale. We're talking about metanoia. We're talking about John the Baptist preaching in the desert, preparing the way of the Lord for hearts and minds to receive Jesus. They had to have a metanoia. They had to change their lives completely. So there's another important part to this preaching that I am sure you noticed. The most important in the sense of who they thought was the holiest people and the richest people in Israel at the time of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were coming out to be baptized by John the Baptist. It's a long trek out there to the Jordan River in the desert. And they were making that trek. And when they got there, the most amazing thing happened. Remember, these are the most important people in Israel. People considered the Sadducees, those that was the priestly class, and the Pharisees, the one, the Jews who tried to live all 613 commands in the law. They were considered the holiest. So every Jew would have thought they would be the first ones that John the Baptist would baptize. But what did he do? He called them a bunch of snakes. Yeah. Verse 7, you brood of vipers. You bunch of snakes. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? And then he lays them out. See, he was reading their hearts. He says, before I baptize you, produce good fruit. What's the fruit? The fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Patience, kindness, 
self-control, modesty, chastity, as evidence of your repentance. You see, metanoia demands evidence. It must be visible. So why wouldn't he baptize them? Because he knew their hearts. He knew that they were there for the show. It'd be like this. The Sadducee comes back to Jerusalem, finds his friends and says, dude, guess what happened this weekend? You know what I did? I got baptized by John the Baptist. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, the one you've been hearing about. I got baptized by him, and man, I am feeling so pure. I am feeling so holy. That man's word is true. That man's word, yes, it's upon me. God loves me. See, that's what they were there for. They were there for the show for themselves, for their own glory. They weren't there for the glory of God. They weren't there for repentance. They weren't sorry about anything. They were still the same greedy old people. And so he would not baptize them. He sent them back to Jerusalem empty. Another very important reason that he did not baptize them. He would not baptize the Pharisees and Sadducees. The elite, elite Jewish society. Everybody thought they were the holiest ones. It's because he knew that if they didn't have a metanoia, that if they truly would not repent in the real way, in a visible way, they could not be saved. No. They could not be saved because they would have always been fighting against Jesus Christ. They would have never believed his gospel. They would have never believed his word. So he wouldn't baptize them. And guess what? He was right. He was right. Jesus had the hardest time with the hearts of the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees. He even said this to them in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse 6. He said this directly to the Pharisees and the scribes. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. That's the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We can never, brothers and sisters, listen to this. You can never be a Christian of the lips because God does not listen to your lips. He listens to your heart. You cannot fool God. He knows every thought you've ever had since you were born. He knew you before you were born, and he's going to know you after you die. God knows everything. We cannot be Christian of the lips. And that's exactly what the reason John would not baptize these people. They were the elite. They were the wealthiest, considered the holiness, and he sent them back because he knew if they would not repent now. You see, he was preparing the way of the Lord. He was preparing their hearts to receive Jesus Christ. His Proclamation was never for himself. That's an evangelist. Your proclamation, your testimony is never for yourself. We don't seek our own glory. We seek to make straight the past, 
open the hearts for believers to believe in Jesus Christ and receive his salvation, his power, his peace, the joy, the love that they've never had before. They've been searching for love in all the wrong places, man. And now, by preparing these hearts, they're going to accept Jesus Christ. And let me read to you now some of the things that Jesus said to these guys. This is harsh. This is unbelievable stuff. This is exactly, it exactly happened just like John the Baptist said. Jesus Christ in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, says this, beginning with verse 13. I'm just going to go through a bunch of verses because it's so long and it's so powerful. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You lock the kingdom of heaven before human beings. You do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow entrance to those trying to enter. Woe to you, blind guides, blind fools. Verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You pay tithes on mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier things of the law, judgment and mercy and fidelity. Did you hear that? They were all about paying tithes on it's not foolish things, but they're not important things. Paying tithes on mint and dill and forgetting about mercy, Jesus Christ is saying that tithe is worthless compared to mercy and fidelity. Blind guides, you're straining out the gnat and you're swallowing the camel. What does that mean? He says you're focused on all the wrong things. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's his teaching. That's where the mercy and the fidelity come in. Verse 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You cleanse the outside of cup and dish, but inside you're full of plunder and self-indulgence. Verse 27. It continues. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you're like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside. That's the holiness part. People thought they were holy because they had the most beautiful robes with the longest tassels, and their phylacteries were giant and expensive. You are like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you are full of dead men's bones and every kind of filth. Are you seeing this? This is harsh language. This is very, very, I mean, what else do you need to know? That is harsh. He's, he's saying the strongest language you can to, to convince them that they're following the wrong path. They're too much about themselves. They're too selfish and greedy. And Selfish and greedy does not enter the kingdom of God. There's no salvation for that person. And that's what he was there for. He was there to die for their sins so he could save them, bring them to the kingdom of God. 
That is the word of God for today, my brothers and sisters. We'll be back next week. We're going to continue with the gospel of John. We're going to see that God's glory is revealed. Yes, the word becomes flesh. We're going to read that and break that word open next week. I am 73 disciples. Stay faithful to God's word. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, Excuse me, chapter 4, verse 3, it says this. This is the will of God, your holiness. So we as disciples, we keep holy his day. We worship Jesus on Sundays. We receive his body and his blood, the thanksgiving, the Eucharist. We read his word daily. We pray without ceasing. And brothers and sisters, we are mindful now of building habits that reflect the fruits of God. Jesus' spirit, the habits of patience, the habit of being kind, the habit of being generous, habit of modesty and self-control and chastity. We build those habits in the dunamis of Jesus Christ. Amen to the blood of the Father's Lamb, Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message produced by El Sembrador Ministries. Remember, you can watch ESNA programming 24 hours a day through the ESNA radio app on the radio 540 AM in Carmel Valley or at www.jesusthesower.com. Look for us on social media and on our YouTube channel as Noel Diaz ESNA. Do not miss out on the wide variety of messages and religious material for the growth of your spiritual life. The number of our offices is 773-777-7773 and you can visit us online at www.elsembrador.org The Sower New Evangelization Thank you for being part of this great family.